Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Scotty and I are going to finish up our final grades for the Red Wings forwards. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Lockdown Tigers. Scotty, did the intro like lag for you at all there? Like freak no, out? No, it didn't. Okay, well, it did on my screen, and that was a bit bizarre. Like it froze, and then like it ca- tried to catch back up to where it was, and everything went really fast, including the music. That's so, kind of sick. I, I want to. I'm really curious, listeners out there, did the intro freak the hell out when I played it? Um, <laughs> But yes, Friday edition, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're finally going to finish up our player grades for the year. We have five more forwards to get to. We're going to try and plow through them in the first two segments here. And then how do you feel about it Friday to finish things off for the week? We'll let you know. Um, Because of things going on in my personal life, we're going to take a scheduled day off on Monday. So you will not get a new episode on Monday. We'll pick back up on Tuesday. But yeah, Scotty, we're going to finish off those forward grades today. Part three, finale. And I think just like all the other episodes, we're going to lead off with. The, I think this is a fun group. It is a fun group because it's the the group that's the hardest to grade, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Except there could for, be a lot of like variants. Yeah, a lot of variances. And I again, like every other episode, we're going to lead off with the most interesting player. Um, but I feel like this episode is different from the rest because the mo- this player is the most interesting for all the wrong reasons. Oh, you want and, to start? Uh, oh, hey, I'm down. Let's let's start with the big guy. I'm down. Philip Zadina in the year 2021 into 2022 only managed to score in 74 games, 10 goals, 14 assists for 24 points. Um, his expected goals for percentage relative to his teammates was 0.08, so he was a positive asset in creating scoring chances when he was on the ice. Um, and his expected goals above replacement was just barely a negative point one. Scotty, when it comes to Philip Zadina, what kind of grade do you give him? Well, it's 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 a fascinating conversation because, like you said, he he is on the ice for scoring chances, and he is on the ice helping create scoring opportunities. Um, it just this up to this point in his career, it has seemed to be the finishing of those opportunities that is the biggest problem and there's nothing that can really measure like will he ever actually fully take advantage of all those opportunities and will he ever actually fill the net like everyone thought he would on draft night um it's so wild i remember exactly where i was i remember that whole night when we drafted philip sedina i remember everything about that night and it's just like like now I think back, I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow, Zadina, man, it, like it's it's just crazy. What a polarizing player for, like you said, probably not all the reasons that a player wants to be polarizing. Um, there's certainly much worse reasons to be polarizing, I guess. But the the it's really tough to grade him, to be honest. I, I think it that is. it's very difficult. I think you can start off by saying he's gonna get less than a C. I, I, I know where my grade's going to be, and I'm really curious to see where you lie with 
with what I said. So I've been going back and forth between two. And I've been going back and forth between... I mm, I think I want to give him a D plus. Interesting. I think that's what I want to give. What, why do you feel like he deserves a D plus? I feel like very loudly he has not lived up to expectations, and this was his first full year. And this is not a D plus of his ceiling going forward. This is not a D plus of the potential I think Philip Zadina has because I I want to keep him and I and I want to see this through, and I still think that. He could be a really productive player at the NHL level. I do. Um, But this is strictly what he gave us this past year. And I think that pretty, pretty objectively did not live up to, to expectations this season. Um, Did have to step up in some roles that were probably too big for his, his britches. And um was not I don't think a liability at any point uh, on any of the lines this year he was never he was never terrible but uh you know tried to move him up to the first line so that he could get some playing time with the best playmakers on the team didn't really help tried to put him on the second line didn't really help his production just stayed the same no matter where it was and that level of production again was not some embarrassingly horrible mark but it did not improve or get better or worse at no matter where they put him. And at one point he was rocking fourth line minutes. It's just that it seemed to be a a consistent, as you would say, a consistent carousel of just like trying to figure out where we can put him to get the most production out of him. And I'm not sure that I'm actually positive that after game 82, that question is still not answered. So to me, that that leads to be a D plus. Yeah, so I agree with a lot of the sentiments you say, and a lot of the a lot of the reasonings you have are the same reasons that I'm going to actually give him an F on the wow. season. Um, I, no, I, and I respect it. I, I I think the the only thing saving me from I was going back and forth between a D plus and a D, and I think the only thing that that was saving me from being you know that brash was just the um, the fact that, like I said, I, I never felt like he, he was invisible a, a lot for sure, but I never felt like I was watching him and I was like, oh my goodness, he doesn't even be- even belong on NHL ice. So like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't fault you for that grade, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. So my, my big sticking points with him are last year, he had an abysmal shooting percentage. It was god-awful. And Jeff Blaschel kept saying, you know, this is a year where they're trying to improve defensively. You know, that shooting percentage will come up. That was true with Dylan Larkin, but it was not true of Philip Zadina. And Philip Zadina being a sixth overall pick, regardless of whether or not it was his first career season, which, agreed, like, there's still time. But I do believe that the after one full season of watching Philip Zadina, I believe the clock is actually starting to tick on whether or not, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, in pretty quick order, the team decides to move on from him, especially as I think he's going to be due up for a contract here sooner rather than later. He did not live up to my expectations at all. I I was thinking this is the year he breaks out of his shell. He becomes a top bona fide top six forward on this team, especially this team that needs a bona fide top six forward still, Um, because we've talked about it. Pew suitors, you know, temporary granted suitors, a center, but we still need that bona fide top six center or forward rather. And, 
he has not been able to step up in that role. 24 points in 74 games out of a guy taking sixth overall is not enough. And his shooting percentage again was sixth over or six percent. Now he was not a liability defensively. Defensively, he was decent, which is p- part of the reason why, relative to his teammates at five on five, he was a positive impact on the right. ice with a point zero eight, just barely, but he was. Um, but his expected goals above replacement being a you know a negative. Basically saying that he had less production in 74 games than a replacement level player had would have absolutely fails my expectations. The fact that it'd be bad enough if he was just a smidge above a replacement level player, but the fact that it's below at all a replacement level player for a guy you took sixth overall to fill the back of the net just speaks to how lost he appears sometimes in the offensive zone. I mean, under pressure, he just he really he really struggles. To make I the think right Nolan pass, the right, is, right is the best I, I've heard breaking it down. And like in the offensive zone, he just he completely white knuckles it. Like Absolutely. he just like gets stiff and it like there's no fluidity. There's no we haven't seen any creativity. There's no it, it's just it's, it's like all it's, the pressure in the world just gets put on his shoulders the second that he touches the puck in the offensive zone and, and, and he crumbles. I don't know if it's because you know, he just needs a goal to get moving because he just scored goals. Like we kept thinking every time he scored a goal, you know, is this going to be when he finally gets hot? He got hot at one point and he was scoring a goal or assist like every other game. Yeah, he had a, like a like four game point streak or something. Yeah. And we're like, this is him getting hot. And then it just kind of fell apart. And we, we kept yeah, thinking, and it, holding like, out three hope. Three of them were assists or something. <laughs> yeah. We, we kept holding out hope that eventually Philip Zadina would, you know, figure it out, get the ball moving and it would snowball. And it just, didn't for more than four games at a time and it's starting to make me wonder if and again he's still young so I don't want to like just I don't want to just throw him away for lack of a better you know terminology for sure um, but like I feel the clock's definitely ticking and he definitely failed my expectations which again is why I'm giving him an F I certainly agree that that the clock is ticking and and I and I think that Again, we have a situation where, like, I, I think if we probably polled, like, every single Red Wings fan, I think that the rating for Zadina fan base-wide would probably be right in the middle of, mm-hmm. of our two ratings. I think we pretty much did, like, the high end and the low end yeah. of, you know what I mean, like, high, highest possible grade you could pr- probably feasibly give him and, and the lowest. And I think that, you know, if you average it out, you'd probably get the fan base-wide reaction. So I, I, I think – that it that's completely fair, and I I don't think that it's a, I don't think that that's too dramatic of a take at all. It's very feasible. I mean, maybe he would have a little bit of a better season if he had tried some uh, brownie batter built bars. I mean, it's possible. It's it certainly can't hurt. I know I love brownies, but you know what I love more brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies, which is true like that's i feel like i'm getting called out right now imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in you're in luck because built has a new creation and this one is even better than ever the brownie batter puff you heard me right the puff that that this puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now on built.com have you tried the built puffs yet i'm not sure what you're waiting for puffs are covered in 100 real chocolate Delicious flavored marshmallow covered again in 100% real chocolate with 140 calories. That one's even less. 140 calories is even less than the white tr- the birthday cake one, which I've been shilling so much because they're great. Um, 17 grams of protein, which is more protein than that one. Seven grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick. 
pick me up for any day. So the brownie batter one's even healthier than the birthday cake one. I didn't think that that was something that they could manage, but here they are again. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to built.com to get brownie batter puffs now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are doing our last of our forward grades. We have four more players to get through and um, two more segments if need be. I think the next one we go to probably should be Oscar Sundquist. Um, just yeah, you know, keep that, that stagger. Although Sundquist sure. is a pretty interesting one. Um, he's a guy I didn't have any expectations for, honestly. Um, he played 18 games. He was acquired part of that Nick Letty trade. He had four goals and four assists for eight points in those 18 games played, which is pretty damn efficient. He had a shooting percentage of 20%, which, again, is not going to be you know, no, sustainable but, across 82 games, but he definitely had a little bit of a fire under his ass. Uh, I'm going to give him was, a B. When like when it game. comes to, when it comes to expectations, he was like the lesser of all the assets we got for like Nick Letty. He was the like bottom of, of the totem pole of as far as like, Oh yeah. I was more hyped like than one I was excited about. Like he, he was, you know, it was not, not a not a slight, but you know the other the other assets we got. I was way more excited about for the for for this team, and and he played really well and gave us a lot of valuable production there at the end of the season. And uh, I, you know for a for a uh, for a sneeze, nope, I saved it for a um, <laughs> what the for hell? a uh, <laughs> for a team that was sliding so much at the end of the year and needed something like that uh you know obviously it didn't translate to too many wins but um it, it was it was still nice to see i think that's a pretty easy b yeah i mean i i won't go as far as a b i'll say b minus um sure. for a lot of the reasons you just said obviously eight points in 18 games from a guy who uh, you had zero expectations for i had zero expectations for coming in i mean looking at his player card um that jay fresh put out you know he looked like a decent depth for he who wasn't on going to get much production. I'm like, oh boy, another one of these. Uh, and he had the most production out of any of them in a third of the games. So I was I was very surprised and happy. Um, possession metric wise, though, you can definitely see the the holes defensively. Sure. Uh, he was definitely scoring above his clip. You know, his expected goals above replacement in the 18 games played with the Red Wings this season uh, was negative 2.2. So he was expected to score two goals less than a replacement level player in you know across that span but he scored four goals so he was he was capitalizing on some and scoring in areas that you know is not expected of him so and that's part of the reason why his shooting percentage was so high at 20%. So you see those holes a little bit and you you think across an 82 game series season that you know levels out a bit but you, the production doesn't lie you know despite the advanced metrics despite relative to his teammates him being a negative on the ice he was still producing. So I mean I can't you know, I can't in good faith say, well, his possession metrics are awful, so he gets a lesser grade. I give him a B minus because he still exceeded my expectations. Eight points in 18 games out of a depth board is phenomenal, even if they were a couple of more empty net goals. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree. Um, and then let's rapid fire another one off here. Let's move on to Michael Rasmussen. He's probably mm. the next most interesting player next to Zidane in this episode. Uh, Michael Rasmussen in 80 games played had 15 goals. And 12 assists for 27 points, a shooting percentage of 11.63. 
He had a relative to his teammates expected goals for percentage of point negative 0.22 and his expected goals above replacement was 0.4. So uh, definitely a little bit of a mixed bag. Somebody, I, Scott, I'm gonna have to go to you first on this one. Cause I, I I'm not settled on my grade for him yet because my, there's two Michael Rasmussen's in this season right. that I want to grow. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. There, there's first half Ross and, and then there's second half and, and there's, uh, a, a different grade for the two of those. Like at the beginning of the year, we kind of thought like, okay, like this is, you know, Michael Rasmussen again. We're like, uh, you know, not, not really impressing too many people. And then as the season went on, he, he started producing more and more and like even showed some speed at times. And, and everybody, uh, I think as a whole, we were all pretty impressed with his production in the second half of the year. Um, so, I mean, if we're going to continue to get, like, second half for, like, 2022 Michael Rasmussen, um, I, I mean, that's, uh, what, a C-plus or a B-minus? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give him a C-plus because yeah. if my expectation was him to be a decent depth forward, I think the end of that season – and they experimented a little bit with him at wing as well. I think at the yeah. end of that season, he hit a stretch. He hit a stride. He was really starting to find himself. Um, and he was playing pretty damn well. You know, a lot of his points came in the end. And he set a career high in points this season as well. Um, this being the most he's played in the season as well. But last season in 40 games, he had 12 points. And he more than doubled that in twice as many games. So he had 27 points in 80 games instead. Uh, this was the first year that he had won over 50% of his faceoffs with just barely 50.1%. And again, that, that, ex, that expected goals above replacement being a positive, you know, reflects on him that, you know, he is putting himself and his team in positions to score more than he is not. So the, you know, I agree. The fact that relative to his teammates, he's still a negative indicates he still has to shore up his defensive game a, l- a little bit and his size. He needs to use his size more. I still say that because for a guy as big as he is in the corners, he doesn't, he doesn't pressure as hard. But I think the career highs, I think we sh- he showed, showed signs of life at the end of the season, which is why I'm comfortable giving him and a C+. Signs of life. Uh, a C-plus for slightly above my expectations. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm I'm right in that C plus B minus range. Awesome. Um, I'm gonna save the boy you love for last. So before we get into the next ad read, let's knock out Joe Valeno. Now Ooh. this is another tough one to grade because this is a guy who's not on the NHL roster to start the season and only got called up because of injuries. Now he he made a couple trips back down to the AHL due to the all-star break, the COVID lock, the COVID stoppage, um, you know, amongst other things at the time. I know what I'm giving him. You know what you're giving him? In 66 games played, he had eight goals, and he had seven assists for 15 points. Uh, At times, he was forced to play up in the lineup after Larkin got injured. Um, He was a negative .41 relative to his teammates, and his expected goals above replacement was a negative 2.3. So his possession metrics do not look favorable upon him. Right. So the first stint was brutal. Yes. I think we can all agree that the first stint was really, really rough, and he did not look very good at all. The most, the last stint that carried through the end of the season, I, I think was really solid. And I think that we got the 
Um, the I think he met expectations for his final stint up. I think that he was, I mean, like you said, at times asked to play like first line, second line, like really was playing up. Um, and I, I thought he was skating a lot better. I, I thought he was a lot more aggressive than he was in the first stint he had this season. Um, I, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with him by, by the end of the season. Um, and so I think I'm going to give him exactly a C. I think that when it's all said and done, uh, at, at least how he ended the year, like I said, was pretty much exactly what you should expect out of a guy who's a decently rated prospect coming up to the NHL roster for the very first time and, and having to play a much bigger role than was probably of asked for or expected of him. Um, I, I think that what he gave you by the end was was pretty much right on par with uh, with most people's expectations, even if that's not, you know, fantastic production. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, we campaigned for to be on the NHL roster, but he did not. You know, for in our opinion, you know, he was a replacement level player. He was a guy that we felt should be on the NHL roster. So for him to come in and then be brutal at the first half and we were like doubting ourselves after him getting sent down, you know, he comes back up and he's much improved, you know, still shows at times like he still has a way to, ways to go. Definitely. But then at the end of the season with Larkin's injury for him to get put on a line with Raymond and whatever Bertuzzi, Verona, Zidino, whatever it is at the time. And for him to not look out of place, that's impressive. And, you know, him being put on the first line as a guy who started the season in the AHL, could also be why his you know possession metrics look so brutal because he was playing above his depth. So I'm perfectly okay giving him a C. You know he didn't necessarily like wow me, but you definitely saw steps taken forward. I think he definitely met expectations as a depth center this season, and hopefully next season we're talking about him as maybe uh, a you know a contender for a two C. This is a guy that I've been high on since they took him, what, 30th overall in 2018, 2019, whatever year it was. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think next year is going to be a really big year for him, as it will be, I I think, for a lot of players on this team. Absolutely. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Segment 3, Lockdown Red Wings Podcast. We're down to our final forward that we have got to grade. Are we and really at the end? We're at the end. This is the we last We really did four. save the best for last, eh? And we are going to grade Giovanni Smith, who unfortunately finished his season um, not playing due to injury, but had 46 games played, was a healthy scratch at times, four goals, three assists for seven points, uh, shooting percentage of exactly eight, like not even eight point anything, just 8%. Um, but here are the statistics that Scotty's going to love. So his relative expected goals goals for percentage so to relative to his teammates was he a positive asset on the ice yes 
He had the third best relative expected goals for percentage on the team at 0.16. His expected goals above replacement was unfortunately down near the bottom at negative 2.3. But the fact that he was the, what the, what did I say? The fourth, the third or fourth third. best, third best relative to his teammates in 46 games. So granted less games than like a Larkin or a Bertuzzi had, but in 46 games, he was the third best player on the ice on both ends of the ice. It, that speaks volumes about the type of value this gritty forward brings. Absolutely. It does. What grade are you giving him, Scotty? Go, go, off. go first. You want me to go first? Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I understand. Um, I'm comfortable. Memes aside, I am comfortable giving him a B. Um, I think he his expectation was he is going to be a depth forward, play sometimes, sometimes not. He's going to come in. He's going to get into fights. He's going to put a spark in the lineup. He did just that, and he did more by also providing a decent defensive game as well as offensive game. Now, his expected goals above replacement was definitely, you know, below replacement level player because he does kind of, he does lack that scoring touch. For sure. But that's not the player he is. That's not why he's on the team. You have him on the team to be that responsible depth forward. And he, he was that. And he was better than that, which is why he's the third best relative to his teammates expected goals for percentage. And reminder that, guys, that means it weighs the quality shots against and the quality shots for. And there's very few players on this team that are in the positive in that ratio, which means when he's on the ice, the team generated more quality shots for than quality shots against. So that's why he gets a B, because this gritty forward, who's a healthy scratch some nights, who's a fighter, was a positive asset offensively and defensively. Gets a B. Damn right. This is an easy A+. Plus. So I knew you were going to give him an A+. Plus. He's an easy A+. Plus. Uh, look, he did... You, you, Everybody knew what he was coming into the season, like you said. Everybody knew what uh, his role was going to be. And I think before the injury, he had carved out a role in which it was very difficult to keep him out of the, to justify at least keep him keeping him out of the lineup. And, and I think the, the last week or two before the injury, that is that, that was the case. I, I think that people were looking around at, at one point in the season and going, why is Giovanni Smith not in the lineup? Why, where's Giovanni? Where's Giovanni? And I, I think that, it's because he brings something to this team that nobody else brings. Nobody else is even close to as aggressive of a player. Like it, it's just, and, and he's and like one of the I think will stand up for his that, teammates. Right. I think every every team needs that. We saw a couple of lines. Larkin got hit, and then they said okay, and they put him on the first line for two minutes so that he would go out there with Larkin the next time. You know what he's I mean? Challenging guys like Milan Lucic, like exactly. That's a, like that's there, the there is, player. there's, he is the only dude on this team that can do what he does, and he has the best hair in the NHL. And it's just simply 
the easiest A plus I think of the entire roster. I think that the only thing holding me back from giving him an A is that he was not an everyday player. I think if he had become an everyday player, I would have given him an A as well. But the fact that he still was a healthy scratch at times, and that might just be because of his play style, might be because of bad coaching. But the fact that when it came down to brass tacks and you had to decide what Ford you wanted and what Ford you didn't want, that they were opting for other options is why I give him a B. But that's not like a bad B. That's a great B. I mean, he exceeded my expectations quite a bit um, this season by, like I said, I don't need to go back and retread all that I just said. But he, he exceeded my expectations, and that's that's why I give him a B. I respect your A, your A+. Plus. I think there's a little bit plus. of bias mix in there because you love the man, but I no respect bias, why you love him. Zero <laughs> bias. Zero bias. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that wraps up all our forwards. Um, I do, like I said, we will be off on Monday because – Team grade, really quick. Team grade? I Well, also, because I, I want to do a GM. I want to I grade Iserman at some point. Oh, Okay. But, we can do we can do coaching staff, GM, team. Well, coaching staff that. doesn't really matter. They're all gone. Easy F. I mean. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. Breaking news. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I feel like Eisenman, because we can do a whole segment on him alone, uh, we should save that for maybe I think we maybe should do a, like a team overall grade, too. We can do that yeah. whenever we do the Eisenman one. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's true. We can do those two, two together. Um, there we go. We're, we're live planning our future episodes. For this you guys. is literally how Brian and I plan shows. We're like, what do you think we should talk about this week? Well, we could do this. All right, we could do this. All and right, we're going to bring well, more prospect profiles for you guys, too. Um, the, the thing to remember, too, guys, is I know the offseason is long. It, it is a marathon, not a sprint. So I'm sure there are going to be times where you guys. There's, oh, a, I wish yeah, there's a lot of stuff else. of like people like, hey, like talk about this. Like talk, we we're going to get we, there. I, I, first off, v- greatly appreciate the content ideas because it is a long off season. But we oh, will I take get, notes. We, yeah, we, we <laughs> will get to uh, I steal to all of them because it is a, a very long off season that we will be doing five shows a week for for a majority of. Yeah, um, that's and, that's and the thing. Certainly get around to everything like. You know, I'm getting we we get comments saying, you know, cover free agents and we're definitely going to do that. There's some really exciting free agents. You know, Johnny Goudreau is going to be a free agent. His team's he just scored what the game serious. winner against the Dallas Stars what to send to the second round. He's he's great. Um, So there, there's definitely free agents we want to get to. But off seasons, free marathon, a long ways away. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And we have a lot of content to cover and we have a lot of shows to do because we're going to be at five episodes a week until mid-July. So just stay patient with us. We promise we're going to get you all the stuff that you guys want to hear. And so, like I said, next next week, we'll probably do a little bit of uh, we'll great Steve Eisman. We'll give a team grade. That'll probably be one episode uh, whole. And then we'll bring you another prospect profile, maybe two. Depends how well I am at getting guests on board. So <laughs> that's uh, that's a little bit of a wild card. So, Scotty, any final thoughts, buddy? Um, we ball, as always. And go listen to uh, my interview with Cody Clemens. Yes. Today. Go listen to anything that Scotty does. Well. Anything. Listen to Cody Clemens. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown, NHL. Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now go listen to Lockdown NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Again, taking Monday off. Same time. What the hell is that? Same time. This is crazy. Same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.
always struggled at intros and outros. Always. <laughs>